Welcome to the next installment of the SUS News Podcast Series, where we interview newsmakers and discuss the news and applications relevant to the global unmanned technologies community. I'm your program host, Patrick Egan, and let's say hello and welcome to our co-host, Mr. Gene Robinson. Hello, Patrick. Still hail hearty and mostly vertical. How are you, sir? Still, you know, recovering from um, the spectacle uh, that was the small <laughs> the unmanned systems show. business. <laughs> yes, the the really big shoe. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of work. That uh, basically, <laughs> I, I uh, it's a lot of work. Head down, you know. You just got to keep going. So, uh, but it was good. I uh, I thought uh, it was really good. I'm a little jealous because I don't get to listen to the presentations as closely as I would like to. And there was, yeah. I, I, you know, people were saying there was some good information there. Did, I hate to tell you, you did, you missed a chunk. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to get to see most of it, you know, and there, I got to tell you, Patrick, there's some talent. There was some real talent at that show and some skill. I was amazed at the the people and the, the caliber of people that were there. It was pretty mind-boggling. It is. Uh, but, you know, my and I was going to ask you about your takeaway on this, and it's kind of jumping up front. But I will say that, uh, you know, looking at it from my perspective, it is it really reinforces kind of the, you know, let's say, false economy idea for me because uh, there's some really smart people out here using these systems um, and, and and they're out there making money and they're doing it. It just surprises me. It really surprises me uh, when I think about how people are working in silos, how people that are, let's say, experts and professionals in their field get no press, get no recognition, totally ignored by, you know, let's say the DOD industrial lobby. Um, when they're, oh, we're looking for, you know, good uses and, and, and commercial uses and, and all the rest of it. And it's like, man, you, you, I mean, you've got, tell me that there's not some, uh, some, some, some good timber out there to work with. Well, I can tell you from personal experience and talking to the people that were there on the floor and, and uh, that were there just as, uh, you know, just to, to attend the show, there's some patents in that room. There are inventions that are waiting to hatch. And those people in that room had a whole bucket full of them. And that's what really, that's my takeaway from it was, is that I thought I was pretty smart about this whole deal. But let me tell you what, there are some very, very smart people that are coming up through the ranks and have some really, really good ideas. And it's going to be the the PC.com cell phone boom all over again. Right. Well, you know, and that's another thing with the uh, the parallel, you know, people say, oh, the Internet, you know, what happened to the Internet? I mean, I think it's kind of the same deal. You had the Internet that was kind of, let's say, in the, uh, the, the, the government mindset where it was even between universities and research institutions and all the rest of right. that. Right. Um, Carnegie Mellon. Yeah, and we're kind of like, you know, that now and really when the spotlight – and when I – you know, I think that's another thing i got to clarify because a lot of people go, oh, you know, that Patrick Egan is a commercial guy. Uh, let, let, we got to clarify that. I am the commercial guy, but 
more than the commercial guy. I'm kind of the small business guy. So let's let's clarify because yep. for some reason, clarify the the commercial nomenclature for UAS. This is what it's turning into, and you'll see this at symposiums around the country. There's another one going on here, the California UAS Center of Excellence meeting. Commercial is not Northrop Grumman, General Atomics, Boeing, and Aerovironment getting into the business sector. That's not commercial. No. That's no. what I can't say what that is because this is a family show. But, you know, $4,500 <laughs> an hour, $7,500 an hour, $3,500 an hour. <clears throat> hey, if anyone's listening from, from the DOD legacy vendors, that's not going to work. I can buy, a, a, you know, the 172, fly around all week, uh, you know, have a party, hang a disco ball from it for a lot less money. So that's not going to work. I, What's, I guarantee you, I mean, I've got my license, and uh, if, if somebody were paying me $2,500 an hour on a regular basis, I would willingly go back up in a 172 and fly around that that's there's hands down that would be the way to go because there would be money to be made that way well that i would even go out and get my pilot's license at that kind i'm not <laughs> flying around for 12 bucks an hour you know but no. 2500 bucks an hour you got me you know four thousand dollars an hour 7500 bucks an hour I'm, I'm i'm all over it you guys would be lining up GA would explode again. You know, they have, they're having a, uh, there's a uh, congressional panel on why the bottom's fallen out of GA. Hey, uh, you know, heads up there. People are making $12 an hour. It's the same thing I say. You go to, like, the Paris Air Show or these big air shows, and you go out and on the flight line, the chalets, you know, uh, these big aircraft companies, they're making money. The people that aren't making money are the operators. And why aren't the operators making money? Hmm. Hmm. Wonder what that is. You know, well, I know what we'll do. We'll do a study. We're gonna we'll get a committee together, um, blue ribbon panel. We'll hang out for ten years. Maybe we can get a grant to do that. Um, anyway, the, the 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 commercial thing. You know, back to the clarification of that. You got the small business thing. It's not. It's not going to work. Uh, I'm sorry. You know, it sounds good. Thirty five thousand dollars an hour, but that's not going to work. We're going to uh, need the small commercial guys. Those are the guys that are really going to make this thing work. Those are the guys that are going to really do the innovation. And I, and I want to point to one example, and that is the drone deploy guys. Did you see their demonstration? Yeah, sure did. I mean, that's, that's one of the holy grails that people have been working on for years. And here you got these kids that came from South Africa. You know, they came to Silicon Valley, which I tell people is like kind of like, what you know, it's, it's like the Hollywood of technology, you know, it's the dream factory. People come out here and uh, try and, um, you know, they bring their dreams. Everybody else has told them they're crazy all around the world. They come to uh, Silicon Valley and they find people to help them uh, develop their system. And it is kind of funny. I love when the military rolls in here. It's kind of like a secretive deal. But people aren't really even that interested in working for the military. It's too slow. It's too, you know, uh, regimented. There's a pecking order. You know, um, you know, to bring something to, let's say, fruition takes five to ten years, and by then the technology is, uh, you might as well just be a uh, stick and a, you know, stone wheel or something. So it's a whole different thing out here. But anyway, uh, you know, people are, oh, it's the drone deploy thing. Well, you can go to the SUS News um, YouTube channel, and you can go to the SUS News slide share, 
and you can look at the presentations. I don't have them all up yet, and all the videos aren't up yet, but you can watch the videos from all of the presentations. So it's kind of like being there. I mean, you weren't there, and you didn't get to network, which I think is kind of the crux of the biscuit with the show. I think the networking part of it is, is where the gold is. Would you uh, agree or disagree? Yeah, I mean, uh, agreed. Okay. I've got. I'm still trying. I mean, it's been a month, and I am still trying to make you know time to to get the contacts that that I've already started working with, and started developing things with, and uh, I haven't even gotten to the bottom of the stack of cards yet. So. <laughs> well, I'm even worse. Than, I haven't even gotten to the top of the stack of the cards yet. <laughs> It's just, it just, it just surprises me. You know, I came out of that and it's like a blur. I'm like, wow. There's lots of things I got to follow up on. There's lots of people um, already that want to come back next year. I, I think that uh, for myself, it's kind of hard to gauge how successful the show was. Besides that, we had the manufacturers of, of basically, you know, all of the, um, let's say, business grade or you know, consumer grade. Uh, people were Professional there. Professional grade. Yeah, they were there. Um, they were talking about their products. The technology was there. Uh, people, and I think we had some frank discussions too. I mean, it was we. That, this isn't this isn't a fluff deal. You get up there, and these the people that are in the room, the caliber of the folks that are in the room, the majority of the folks in the room have been doing this for years. And it's still that's another thing that cracks me up that needs to be dispelled. I mean, that we I think we did allude to this in some of the earlier shows as the snake oil. And, uh, I mean, the experts are coming out of the woodwork, man. And, you know, at first I was like, oh, well, you know, these are giving people disinformation. Now I just find it sad. I really do. It's just a big, you know, <sighs> you know. You're correct. Hey, uh, You're correct. Oh, you know, we're the only qualified people to, to talk to the FAA about rulemaking for small unmanned aircraft systems and business use. And it's like, oh, right, you know, did you run a business? Well, no. Did, you know, have you flown a system, you know, for, for a living? Well, no. Well, then, you know, how are you qualified to talk about it? That's been one of the big, my big beefs with this whole industry. The people that are representing us especially the United States, people that are representing us at IKO, totally unqualified. You know, somebody that's not a pilot, has never owned a company, has never flown a system for a living, um, and doesn't even follow along from what I hear. Um, so that's representation you got. Then you got representation on the ARC, same deal. You know, um, not not pilots, never owned a company, never flew something for a living, never had to, you know, write the checks to run the company. Um, and people wonder why this has taken so long, you know. And then I'm, and then the other deal is I'm a hothead. I, I bring this up, you know, this person's totally unqualified. Oh, my God, how could you say that? Well, track record speaks for itself, you know. It's not my opinion. Well, as someone once said that, there are some inconvenient truths out there. And uh, unfortunately, the industry has taken off to the point where we've got some inconvenient truths out there. And, you know, you pointed out one earlier that uh, right now, the large systems, you can't operate a large system for less than you can operate a 172. And that's where the small business comes in. And they've got a solution that works just as well, VLOS, and uh, provides solution to a given problem 
and they do so economically. You get down into the you know the twenty five to to fifty dollars to even you know seventy to eighty dollars an hour. That's what you would pay a good plumber mm-hmm. or a good mm-hmm. mechanic, and people well, will pay those kinds of prices. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you think about you know even if you were to say, okay, well, I'm a professional. I'm going to go out there and make eight fifty a day. You know, or something like that. That's that makes sense. That business model makes sense. It's a skewed economy. You know, the yeah. the DOD Taliban asymmetrical warfare overlay on the American people is just not going to happen. And, and, you know, you got General Atomics out there. We're going to be leasing predators to everyone. Oh, that's going to make people comfy. You know, <laughs> look, you, you can pretend pretend you're a mola and the tribal you know areas of pakistan it'll be great you'll love it you know they're not going to go for that it's not going to work it's not a sustainable model all of the the business forecasts i i wouldn't even i had it was funny as i had uh, there's this guy i don't know if i want to mention him by name but uh um i had him come to a meeting and he was asking me about some numbers that were in a report that everybody points to and he says, uh, first thing, he's like, you know, how do you stand behind those numbers? I said, I'm, whoa, buddy. Whoa. Hold, uh, hold the bus there. I don't stand behind any of those numbers. Those numbers are totally made up. All the reports that are out there, all the forecasts that are out there are all total nonsense, telephone numbers. You might as well crack open the D.C. phone book and start pointing and tell people those are the numbers. You cannot support any numbers that anybody's come up with in any forecast, and I don't care. And I should tell people, you show me in your forecast where sequestration was, you know, a year out. And they don't have it. So those numbers are totally unsupportable. It's a fairy tale. And uh, the only way that those numbers are going to work is if you've got uh, control... It's raining money in here. And you've got control of the regulations, and that's exactly what happened. You saw my presentation. I was I was the first uh, going there, but, you know, ASTM is, is totally trying to lock it up with their MIL standard 3001 manuals for your systems and the ISO-like certification. That is designed to lock mom and pop out. RTCA, the human factors deal, they're expert. He's, uh, he's 25, milita- 25 years military, human factors. Small people are just going to have to get with the program and spend the money. So <clears throat> that's the only way they can support those, those types of hourlies. And, and it's still it's unsupportable because people just go to the 172, and then we get to miss the, the technology boat. You know, and, and that's kind of endemic to the, the government model. I, you know, even Jim Williams, and, you know, bless his heart, uh, I, he came out there to the what, what I would consider a hostile room. The uh, lion's den. The lion's den, so to speak. And, uh, you know, when, when he was discussing the exemption door being open, he made the statement that, uh, guys, just it's, it's going to take a lot of money. And it's going to be one of the bigger players, and you're going to have to wait for them to get done with it, and then you can apply. Oh, I and can think of a lot of colorful analogies, but it's a family show. Well, you know, I, I, that kind of completely rubbed me the wrong way because it's not, that's not that's not how America made it where it is today. And yeah, I, it know, just kind of rankled me, but that's just me. 
Well, no, you're, you know, it's the same thing. I think about it that way, and I think about it, it's like, what, what, what happened? What happened here? And it almost seems like you're kind of uh, old-fashioned when you say things like that, you know? I don't know how it is in Texas. Here in California, we're a little bit more progressive, and you say something like that, and people are like, oh, you know, it's old-fashioned. But I still agree with that uh, notion that it's it's small business that drives the economy, and it's small business that drives innovation. And unfortunately, um, you know, all I can say for the Europeans is thank God the DOD vendors never got a foothold over there. They don't even know how lucky they are. Well, a lot of them do know how lucky they are because we got, we got to hear from them at the expo. I mean, and we <laughs> yes, had we a did. large, large international uh, contingent came over, and these guys in Europe are making money. There's yep. a legal on-ramp. It's, people, oh, it's kind of arduous. Not really. Uh, and they're out there, and they're legally making money, and they're building businesses, and they're building market share. Some of them are flying at airports, you know, oil and gas work, um, film, mapping, GIS. I mean, it, it, it's it's really it's a kick in the chops. It's like, how come they can do that and we can't do that? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna come right out on a limb. I've been at this for like ten years, and I know why we can't do it. We can't do it because of special interest. You know, that was AOPA. Right off the bat with the one said to tell the FAA, you got to do something about this. These guys want to use it for commercial purposes. Got to shut this down. And they did. And I think it was kind of interesting, too. There was that amicus brief from Nick Sabatini, Mr. Do No Harm. Yes. And it, that guy's got zero credibility in my book. Now, he read a bumper sticker somewhere, and that's quaint. But at the same time as he was, you know, uh, working at the FAA, and I believe he was the flight standards guy. Um, uh, you know, the FAA was doctoring the numbers, the safety numbers for the NAS. And if anybody would like to talk about that, I'm available. You can get in touch with me and I'd show you the documentation where the NTSB contractor basically came out and said all of the numbers that FAA had worthless. So they were, they were cooking the books. So as far as I'm concerned, Sabatini, no credibility. And I know he's kind of like the godfather of, of, of this movement uh, for the, on the FAA side. But let's talk about some cooked books. And then we'll talk about credibility. Um, I, don't, uh, I don't believe that these things uh, consist or, or are that dangerous, let's say, or a menace to the NAS. And I have paperwork where the FAA agrees with that. We all know that it's going on out there. We've been beating this drum for years. Everyone's, it's all emperor's new clothes. But they're out there and they're flying around. And that leads us to the next, you know, uh, talks is this 333 exemption thing that's been all over the news and everybody and their brothers going for it. Uh, the funny thing with that exemption, if people haven't seen it, is everybody's talking about it. And, you know, it's like the film and industry sector, oil and gas uh, and power lines. Uh, some of the, let's say, more moneyed and politically connected um, sectors. Have, have you seen any of those uh, news stories, Gene? As a matter of fact, I've read, written, uh, written, I've uh, read a couple of the uh, exemption applications so far, and you're correct. One thing that uh, kind of occurs to me was discussing this with uh, with a friend of of ours, like a mutual friend of ours, and. There is a very real possibility that uh, this could be a grand delaying tactic as well, uh, because then the FAA can say, certainly we're, we're looking at all options and we're exploring exemptions and we have exemptions in-house now that are under review. I think the proof in the pudding is going to be 
when one of those exemptions is granted. However, you know, and if it happens in two or three months, then there's some potential there for moving forward. But at this point, it gives them a talking point. They can say, oh, we're reviewing them, and they can review them for the next seven years. Right. Like they've been reviewing all the other documents for the last, you know, eight or ten years. Well, and the other deal is, is even this stuff comes back now, if they go to the current UAS ARC and they ask the people there about these exemptions, <clears throat> I have a feeling these exemptions, it's going to be a pretty high hurdle to, to jump. Now, I will say I did do an interview for the National Journal, and they were asking me about um, some of the exemptions, and I do think that the movie people, if there's anyone that really is standing in line here, that's that's a credible exemption, or it has a chance, it'll probably be the movie and TV industry. One, you're in a closed uh, set environment. Two, there are special provisions for them for their airspace. Three, they're very well politically connected. So if anyone stands a chance, I think they do. Um, and I will say, you know, it's again, we've got Amazon, Google, and Facebook hired K Street lobbyists. They're working this thing like a rib bone. It's kind of interesting that they're not going through, let's say, any of the um, established U, uh, unmanned aircraft system advocates. That's, that's, a, that's very telling. Very, very telling to me that they're going around them. Uh, and, and investing their own money. But also, uh, so the Triton I hear is, is going for the exemption also. Um, I would say that politically connected uh, users are probably stand a better chance. But in all of that, even if you did the pipeline surveys and you did the movies and all the rest of that, how are you going to guarantee no flyaways? How are you going to guarantee the safe operations? All of those applications like real estate, I know that you know the real estate people are making noise. How are you going to get an exemption for that? I mean, you're just going to have to exempt a whole class of unmanned aircraft for that to you work. You have to. You have to. I mean, as soon as you give the real, if you give the movie people the the you know, and here's the heads up: if you give the movie people an exemption, um, why aren't you going to give the real estate people an exemption? You know, the movie people fly in, in suburban and urban areas. I mean, they fly around in downtown L.A. What about the people on the ground? What about people in buildings? Usually they're heavier ships. What about flyaways? They're pre-programmed aircraft. You know, so so what's the difference? There's going to be another opportunity for them to produce a double standard that is going to just make life unbearable for them. Well, it's going to, it, you know, it's like a, the analogy where so they they ran out into the minefield and now it's time to come back. And uh, there's really <laughs> very, I mean, it, it's every step is a potential misstep. And so, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. I'm glad I'm not in that position. Uh, I think that there's been a lot of it down the, down the way here where, um, you know, again, it's just easier to say no than, than step on another landmine. And there's sure. landmines aplenty. I, I, it's, I look at this, it's crazy. It's crazy. It, what, what's going on is just nuts. I, I, you know, another example, I saw where the, uh, and I'm not deriding the AMA, but I don't understand this, and, and, and maybe you could give me some in, insight. There was a commercial ag show, and the AMA is there showing people how to fly UAS. I mean, maybe they were doing it for free, but it's a commercial show, and you're teaching people how to fly UAS, and they're, you know, they're selling them there or selling the idea there. I mean, 
Does that seem strange to you, or am I just off base, or, or what? No, you know, I, I would have to admit that I was a little puzzled when, uh, uh, you know, as you know, I put on the, the, the search and rescue workshop there, which was uh, just a resounding success all the way around. We had people standing in the halls. It was standing room only. But uh, there were some, you know, high-level AMA guys out there that uh, wanted to go to that, that workshop and, and see, you know, what we were doing out there in search. And this goes... Uh, again, it goes so far and away from the recreational end of what the AMA is supposed to be espousing. So there is a, there is a paradigm shift occurring with them, and uh, I would imagine that they're they're going to have to change to to keep up. Yeah, you know that's another thing that dawned on me the other day. I went to the hobby shop the other day uh, looking for some props, and just even going in there and talking to people. The attitude, that that kind of pecking order thing, the I'm smarter than you, the I'm the hobby guy thing, it really was kind of galvanized how far we've come away from the RC hobby thing. I mean, we're yep. just, we, we are miles away from that. I, 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 you know, I mean, I like the AMA and I think that they're doing good work or whatever, but you know what, just because you can fly an RC plane, those days are over. That's, that I, I think that that ship has already left the um, it hasn't left the station it left the dock, and uh, it's over. That's over. I mean, it may be a nice place to start, but the professionalism that's needed and the RC hobby world and the attitude and all the rest of that that's there, there's far, far separation. And uh, so I don't know. I do see that you know uh, I think it's good. I do think that there's some good things. I really think that AMA is playing with fire. If you if they think they're gonna have you know fifty five pound commercial or DOD um, systems flying at their AMA fields and people are gonna do training there, you're 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 talking about two totally different animals. You're talking you are talking about an apple and you are talking about an orange. Concur? Well, disagree? No, you know I do. I, I, of course, I'm a little prejudiced. I am a pilot. You know, so I have always thought that if you're going to go out into the world and you're going to expose people to your aircraft, then you need to have training above and beyond what you can get when you take your park flyer or your tiger moth out there, you know, and, hey, you can, you know, zoom in and out of the goalpost. That's great. Uh, But you need to have a little bit more training than that, I think, to to take it out into the world, especially as as a commercial operation. We've always said that you know, that there's going to be some additional training required. So, you know, let's let's just move on with it. Let's, let's get going with it. And we uh, accede to that, and we we know the direction it needs to go. So what's the problem? How come we're not doing it? Well, I think it's another mistake. I, I You know, there's a happy medium in there, but I, I just, I, we're going down the wrong path. And again, I think it's it's one deal where, uh, you know, we're looking for low-hanging fruit, but uh, I think we might be looking in the wrong spot. The, I do want to talk about your workshop. I know it was totally sold out. People were, um, let's say, angry, but we didn't really have that much room. And, and again, you didn't have to pay extra to to attend yeah. the workshops at the expo. I mean, really, the expo is really set up for the small business guy. Now, what I'm working on because a lot of people have been asking me, oh, you know, I want to see uh, Gene Robinson's SAR um, workshop. We did film it. 
However, the lighting in there was a little low, um, and um, we got Mahas working on that, and then I'm going to be working on a sponsor. And what I'd like to do is find a sponsor so we can just put it up on the YouTube channel and then also kind of compensate you for, uh, you know, what you do, Gene. Um, maybe throw a little money in the kitty. I would like to do that because there was a wealth of knowledge uh, there. Also, the RCAP workshop was, was really um, – that was standing room standing only, room too. only too. Yep, yep. And the only other thing with that I want to add is, is you know, talking to Gus on the debrief, um, he was talking about how um, as soon as it got to the regulation part of it, it really got <laughs> kind of the fur was flying. But, you know, I, I, I stepped in there for a few minutes on that one, and people are, uh, you know what, I don't care. And this isn't me being mean or anything or, or being negative because I've been at this for so long. I don't care what you feel. What you feel and and this common sense thing, this has all been tried before. This has been going on for years. And just because you, what you think is the common sense approach doesn't mean that that's what the FAA is going to buy in on. Obviously. It's been going on for we too long. We know that, yes. We know that. So if you feel like you should be able to fly because you're safe and you did this and I've, you know, whatever, that's nice. But that's not the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation is DOD vendors trying to lock you out. And and they're the ones with the money that are at the um, forefront. They're the ones talking to these guys all the time, telling them what to do. And that's why we have a total disconnect and reality. And how come we don't? We're not flying like the Europeans. It's it's so it's self evident. All of the the uh, the proof is right there in the pudding. You just got to kind of dig down a little bit, take a look at it, uh, take an ob- objective look at it, step back and go, hmm. How come we're not? How come we're not flying? How come the Europeans are flying? They like to say it's because we have busier airspace. Bullpucky. You got guys flying at Heathrow, you know, doing inspections there. I'm not. I'm not buying that. So anyway, off that soapbox. Anything in closing, Gene? <laughs> oh, we've. You know, there is so much uh, going on right now, Patrick. We need to start having a podcast about two or three times a week. Because uh, it is just going nuts out there as far as the, the the legal actions that's going on. Of course, you know I'm involved in a little of that, and uh, there is so much movement. And uh, I think there's going to be Moore's law is in effect right now. I mean, everything is going to be changing so rapidly that it's going to be tough to keep up with. So stay tuned is all I can say. I would concur with that. Now we're back on the schedule. I just couldn't, you know. Ryan, my 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 Ryan Seacrest model just kind of fell apart while the expo was going. I just I didn't have any time <laughs> to do this, but we do have some other guests too that want to come on. Some high-ranking uh, people with different state governments have been wanting to get on here. I just my apologies to them. It's just uh, you know the gears were kind of slipping with all of the action. Anyway, um, the venue is booked for next year's expo. It's April 29th, 30th, May 1st at the Golden Gate Club on the beautiful Presidio in San Francisco. Be there or be square. Uh, Gene, I'd like to thank you for being on today, and uh, we'll, we'll try and get this rolling again and uh, be on next week. What do you say? Sounds good to me, Patrick. Talk to you then. All right. Have a good day, buddy. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye.